The trade deadline is coming up quickly, and while the Twins have gotten things going with Dylan Floro, I suspect they'll still be fairly active. So today, we're going over the five Twins on the 40-man roster that I think are the most likely to be on the move. This is Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can find me on Twitter, although I don't think I would, at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day, and we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube, and of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As a reminder, please feel free to be active in the comments. We'll hang out with you, talk to you ask questions, answer questions, and all that fun stuff. Also, give a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. We'd love to hear from you and love to you know move up the charts and all that kind of fun stuff. So thank you for your reviews. Thank you for everything. And also, too, if you have questions you want answered on the show, feel free to reach out at Brandon underscore Warren at Locked on Twins. Hit the DMs, whatever you want to do. If you have ideas for episodes, all that fun stuff. Also, don't forget to check out the Locked on Twins Breathless post-game minute after pretty much every game where we will find for you a statistic that you will not see anywhere else. Now, let's just dive right in. Today, we are talking about the players most likely on the Twins 40-man roster to be moved in advance of the trade deadline next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. local time. Now, it's the Twins already got a jump start on the deadline by trading Jorge Lopez for Dylan Floro. We did a quick hit episode on that, breaking down basically what the exchange is all about. Lopez being a higher ceiling guy, Floro being a higher floor guy, and Floro probably being a little more trustworthy late in games, which the Twins need now moving into the rest of the season more than ever. Also, two fun stuff we're starting today. We're going to do a couple of different bits called on this day one year ago, 10 years ago, and 20 years ago at the end of each segment. If the Twins were off that day, we will just bump it back a year and give you some uh, little bit of nuggets from, from that day. So stay tuned and get excited for that. Twins and Royals open up a three-gamer before the Twins are off on Monday. They're at the K. Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City on Friday. That's today. 7.10 p.m. first pitch. You got Sonny Gray and Brady Singer. Brady Singer uh, having a bit of a tough year. ERA's up there. Uh, Twins really do... Need to have a good showing in Kansas City as Cleveland is putting on um, the clamps, kind of breathing down their neck. So if the Twins could get a sweep, that would be huge. If you want to catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with Sirius XM, you can download the SXM app and search Twins. Now, the five Twins that I think are most likely to get moved, and we'll get a couple of them per segment, are I think they're going to be different than maybe who – other people would have for theirs, which is good. I mean, we're allowed to have different opinions and difference of opinions and, and that sort of thing. But I I think it's going to be kind of hard to navigate because the Twins may end up trading more minor league types. Problem is we could do four episodes on that and maybe not even get a single player right. So we're looking at the 40-man roster. Here are the, the four guys that I thought about but did ultimately not include. Brent Hedrick, so lefty, 
pitcher reliever, um, number 22 on the Twins top 30, according to MLB Pipeline. Uh, has shown good stuff, big, strong lefty working out of the bullpen for the Twins and then mostly out of the rotation for St. Paul. Um, really, it's just going to come down to if anybody values him in a way that um, makes sense to move him. St. Paul, he's had decent numbers, fourth, 413 ERA, more than a strikeout per inning, but has been a little home run prone. Um, so we'll see what, what happens there. Um, Louis Varland, again, if any team thinks they can help him keep the ball in the ballpark, might be a fit there. Josh Winder, uh, we do know the Twins, when um, they were looking at Michael A. Taylor last winter, that was a player the Royals were interested in. And then Nick Gordon, who is obviously not healthy right now, but I could see teams wanting to jump in on him, knowing the Twins are probably going to have a tough decision to make on him in a little while here, especially with the 26-man roster crunch. That's likely to come up, and so I don't know. Those are just the guys who were kind of in the conversation but ultimately did not make the list. So first of all, and this one might be a little bit surprising, I said Simeon Woods Richardson. Now, I know he's not having a good season at AAA St. Paul. He has an ERA over five. Actually, it's closer to six. uh, Whip of one, six, three. Not exactly striking out a lot of guys, so on and so forth. And I'm not really sure to make what to make of it because his numbers in St. Paul were good last year, but this year, obviously not the case. The MLB pipeline ratings have him sixth in the twin system, but again, they don't um oftentimes those can be very, very variable. So it's it's more just a, a reference point than anything else to know where a guy's been, where a guy could be going. Um Woods Richardson coming off a tough start against the Toledo Mudhens, five walks in four and a third, and has really only been going five and dive or less all season long. So I don't know if the Twins are planning on using him more as a longer reliever, a bulk guy, or what exactly. He did have a run of about five starts before this last start with a good um run on numbers 634 OPS against 18 strikeouts and 24 and two-thirds innings and a 292 ERA um so we'll see how the twins are going to view him value him if the rest of the league is down on him which would be understandable the twins may just hold on and hope for the best uh Woods Richardson is only 22 he'll be 23 at the end of September so it's not decision time on him so to speak but you know, it's going to be curious to see how the Twins view him and how other teams view him, especially in a trade for what we expect to be either a left-handed mashing outfielder, a hopefully strong reliever, or someone of that ilk, or if they pull a rabbit out of their hat with a surprise. Now, the other one that I got here before we go to break is Hilberto Celestino. And so, Celestino, for people who are not aware, still fairly young, turned 24 in February, has been dealing with some injuries and finally is now healthy. Uh, Got some playing time and significant amount of playing time last year and, you know, looked a little bit over his head offensively. Uh, Defensively, he should be a pretty good player. I feel like there's a little bit of a Lamont Wade Jr. complex here in that the numbers haven't been there in the big leagues. But if you trade him somewhere where he can help another team and get full-time playing time without any expectations, 
he could develop into a nice little player. Um, you know, I could see something like Gilberto Celestino to the Royals for a reliever. The Royals could play Celestino every single day, whether it's in center, left, right, whatever, and just kind of let him be himself. Since returning to St. Paul, he's played 25 games with a 791 OPS. Now, that sounds good when in conjunction with what, what I suspect is good defense. I have no reason to believe otherwise. But he also has more walks, 21, than strikeouts, 15, with the Saints, and a 376 on base percentage. So that is inter an interesting bit of um, you know tools to possibly – sell a team on you're not going to get obviously a big guy for that you know david robertson getting traded on thursday night you're not getting anyone like that but i think you could maybe get scott barlow i think you could maybe you know start a conversation for carlos hernandez or any number of other teams needing an outfielder who's young and still has some uh, some projection left so we'll see if celestino is on the map for any teams also too there's a bit of a crunch for the twins right now outfielder wise, which I suspect as we will talk on the rest of the show about, um, will be thinned out at this deadline. But with that said, the fact that Celestino has not been brought up when the twins have needed some center field help at this point to the season, granted he wasn't healthy early on. I think it's, it's notable. I think that they're going to have to alleviate some of the 40 man crunch in terms of bringing players in also to when guys get healthy, like Nick Gordon, and other guys on the 60, it's it's all going to culminate in a crunch. So I would not be shocked to see Hilberto Celestino on the move. And I don't think a lot of people are going to weep about that. Our friends over at eBay Motors have this word for us. For a championship team, it's all about making sure a player is the right and perfect fit. It's the same when you come to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay's guaranteed fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million, yes, that's million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, so we are headed into the bullpen, which is our second segment every single day. Thanks for making Locked on Twins your first listen every day. Every day, if you are going to be hanging around here over the weekend, we'll try to have some more content for you as far as post-game recap, uh, breathless post-game minutes. We'll do some of those quick hit updates if the Twins make a trade, as they did with Dylan Floro. And make sure to go back and check that out. I broke down Floro in depth, about a 10-minute episode, really laying out what he brings to the table. We'll see when he gets into a game for the first time with the Twins, but again, lengthening a bullpen that really um, you know, couldn't rely on Jorge Lopez at the time. Still hope for the best for Lopez, wish him the best in Miami, but uh, just a matter of finding a better fit for the Twins and the Marlins obviously active in adding relievers as they traded for David Robertson from the Mets on Thursday night as well. Twins open a three-gamer with the Royals, 
at Kauffman Stadium Friday. It's going to be a hot one, 7, 10 p.m. Sonny Gray and Brady Singer, the baby-faced assassin going for the Royals. You can catch every pitch of the Twins Hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Oh, you know what I forgot to do? On this day a year ago, and actually it's two years ago because the Twins were off last year. In 2021, the Twins lost an insane game on July 28th to the Detroit Tigers at Target Field, 17-14. to The Twins scored six runs in the fourth and the eighth, but their eight-run rally over the final two innings fell short. J-Hap started that day and allowed nine earned runs in three innings. Following him that night were Bo Burrows, and if you don't remember Bo Burrows, you are not alone, and Juan Manaya, who both threw three innings on the way to the loss. So Brent Rooker hit second for the Twins that day. If you want to uh, remember some guys, it's always fun to go to baseball reference and look at these lineups. So again, that was two years ago today. We will have 10 years ago today here at the end of the second segment, and then 20 years ago for people who are old like me. Now, for our second segment, we're going to talk about a couple guys who I think have, let's say, similar uh, skill sets. They're not the same, but similar skill sets, possibly similar values on the open market. Uh, you know what? Uh, let's just go for it. Um, Trevor Larnick and Matt Walner. I think Walner probably has a higher value in the sense that he's put together better numbers in the big leagues to this point. With that said, Trevor Larnick had the higher prospect pedigree at the time or at one time. So honestly, I I think I would value Larnick more if I was an acquiring team. But if the results have people valuing Walner higher, I'm not going to argue with that. Matt Walner has been off to a tremendous start to his big league career. More so this year, we'll be honest. Um, actually, much more so this year. With a 988 OPS through his first 21 games, um, 294 average, 419 on base, and 569 slugging. So again, not enough time for those numbers to normalize. But for his career, because he has about the same number of, of plate appearances last year and this year, he's a 259 hitter with a 370 on base and a 472 slugging percentage. That's a 135 OPS plus. Um, for whatever reason, the Twins should one way or another value that, whether it's as a prime trade chip or just to you know give him playing time and maybe move on from someone like Joey Gallo. So Walner, number five on the Twins' top 30 as we look at things now, I I see a, I may have been less apt to think he'd be traded before a number of different sources said that uh, Twins are getting lots of interest on their left-handed corner outfielders. And so Walner, he's 25. Sending him back to AAA does not do a whole lot for me. Um, did see reported that he made the trip to Kansas City, so either it's unclear if Alex Kirilov is going to need to go on the injured list because he tweaked his shoulder in the Seattle series, or it's unclear if the Twins are just ready to maybe, you know, DFA Joey Gallo. They, they have obviously have some balls in the air, but where Matt Walner sits and fits there is going to be curious to see. I think you could aim fairly high with Walner. Um, I don't use the trade value website. So if you use those websites to validate my trades and they don't work, that's cool. I'm not going to argue with you, but it's just, it, it kind of falls flat with me. But if you could use Walner as a chip for a good reliever with 
multiple years of control or just a, a very good reliever who can pitch, um, you know, kind of slot in with uh, Griffin Jacks, Caleb Fieldbar. You're not going to get anybody as good as Juwan Duran. That's obvious. There's not that many pitchers who are that good. But if you can go out and get, uh, I like David Bednar. I don't know that he's on the table. And we certainly have not seen a lot of luck with the Twins trading position players to the Pirates for closers. But let's be real. David Bednar is a lot better than Matt Caps was. Um, so with that said, yeah, uh, I don't like trading position players for relievers. But again, this is a spot where the Twins are a little bit cramped. I know fans would ideally want to see them dump Gallo and see them just move on from Kepler at the end of the season or or now. Um but I'm not sure how realistic that is based on how the twins view these players. So I think there's a chance Walner could be on the move. It'd be the right time in terms of how he's looked on the field and how other teams are going to view him. Uh, to me, it would not be enough to get someone like Scott Barlow. Like, like if Scott Barlow comes back, that's not enough for me. Carlos Hernandez from the Royals. Now I could, I could mess with that. Um, I could deal with, oh, I'm trying to think of any other relievers who are in that. I mean, there's so many of them and so many guys kind of, uh, you know, they, they vacillate good, bad, they run hot and cold, but it would have to be a really good reliever or, uh, you know, Lane Thomas, who I think is valued quite a bit more highly than maybe twins fans realize. Um, although with that said, some people are going to view him as a platoon bat because of how he kills lefties, which the twins can use. Last I checked, they were bottom two and weighted runs created plus against left-handed pitchers. So with Walner, um, it's it's going to be curious to see because I don't really see that many other needs. You know, the Twins don't need starting pitching. They don't need a- any help in the infield necessarily. You know, a lot of people want them to get Heimer Candelario from the Nationals. Uh, I'm not sure I see it, especially with Royce Lewis coming back and Jorge Polanco coming back. Polanco expected to be activated uh, in advance of – Friday's game. So if Walner's on the move, it's going to be a total wild card as to what comes back. Also, the other one that I mentioned for this segment is Trevor Larnick. And a lot of the things that I said about Walner in terms of uh, value are going to apply to Larnick. Um, Walner, as we said, 25 turning 26 in December. Um, Walner, I don't think I said Larnick, but just to clarify, uh, Larnick, on the other hand, is 26, um, just a couple of, or actually, no, more than a couple of months. He'll be 27 in February. So probably a prime time to move Larnick, who's had a respectable but not great offensive season for the Twins. Career OPS plus of 94. Basically, the only thing that differentiates him from Max Kepler in that respect is that Kepler's a better defender, but Kepler also more expensive. Kepler also, um, you know, longer track record of being really just an average hitter. Whereas with Larnick, you, you see him have stretches like he did at the beginning of this season where you feel like you can maybe dream a little bit more, but to this point, Larnick has played 180 games, just shy of 700 plate appearances. And he's a 223, 315, 380 hitter. So a lot of times they'll say who you are as a hitter is pretty much at a thousand plate appearances. So little ways to go yet, about 330 or so. But is there a lot of hope left for Larnick to be that much better than he is right now? Would you trade Larnick straight up for Lane Thomas in a challenge trade? I, I don't even know if that gets it done. 
I think I might though, based on the twins weakness, based on the, what the twins need, based on everything we know to this point in the season. Yeah. I think I'd trade Trevor Larnick for Lane Thomas. And I think that that might actually probably not be enough and maybe not even close to enough. So we'll see where everything kind of sits there. But if the tr- twins trade Walnick and Walner and Larnick, I just combined them into a superpower um, Walner or Larnick. It'll be interesting to see how other teams value them because um, corner guys without elite defense who have questionable bats, um, Walner more about the fact that he doesn't make enough contact. Larnick strikes out too much, um, but they're still young enough that they should have some value. So we'll see what happens on that front, but those are the next two guys. And again, this list is not in order, by the way. So I don't want people to think this list is in order, but just a, a list of five, and, and you can order them however you want. Now, on this day 10 years ago, so July 28th, 2013, the Twins lost 6-4 to the Mariners at Safeco Field. Kyle Gibson took the loss, his ERA ballooned over six, and Erasmo Ramirez got the win. Anthony Swarzak and Caleb Thielbar in his first term also worked for the Twins. Chris Colabello homered, and Ryan Domit reached all four times. So, we're definitely throwing it back there with a couple of names that you probably haven't heard in a while. And that's the whole deal. That's the whole reason that we do this. Now, third segment, we're going to talk about a player that everybody wants to see moved or almost everybody. So sit tight and we'll do just that. Now we're coming down the home stretch. It's the seventh inning stretch and it's the last, the last man standing. Max Kepler. Max Kepler has a, an option for next year. If I'm not mistaken, it's $10 million. He's really come on strong of late. Let me pull up his July splits here. Um, not hitting lefties, which is not a surprise. July 798 OPS, 298 average, 337 on base, 461 slugging. With his defense, that's a nice player. That's a really, really nice player. So... Do you think you can convince a team to ride this hot streak? He's got a reasonable 2024 option. I can't believe next year's 2024 already. It just blows my mind. Yeah. Um, $10 million, 1 million buyout. He's made 31 or 35 million in change for his career, which is not bad. Not bad at all. Um, So what is Kepler's value on the open market? Who would be interested how many teams need a good defensive right fielder who won't play center and um, you know, has not gotten on base more than about 32% of the time in the last four years? Um, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how many teams would be interested. But I assume, based on the fact that people have shown interest in the Twins' left-handed corner outfielders, that Kepler's at least in that conversation. With that said, Alex Kirloff is probably in that conversation too, and I have no doubt in my mind they're not interested in moving him unless it's something exceptionally great coming back. And again, they need relievers and guys who hit lefties. Neither of those to me um, really are going to be guys that are good enough to fulfill the return value of a Kirilov. So I don't think that, um, that Kirilov is going to be on that mix, but who knows? I'm sure he's getting asked about, which is, uh, which is not surprising. But if the Twins can move Kepler, it opens up that roster spot for 
Elaine Thomas, a Randall Gritchick. Uh, I mean, Andrew McCutcheon was on my list. He's not going anywhere because the Pirates want to keep him happy, and, and he's happy in Pittsburgh. He's happy in Steeltown. So um, you got that Tory Hunter 2015 vibe going on. But the vibes would have been immaculate if the Twins could have acquired him. But we don't need to spend any time on that. Um, back to Kepler. I don't know if – I just I don't know if teams are going to value him. I know the Twins do. I mean, the fact that they haven't DFA'd him – or traded him to this point means they have at least some level of value. But do they value him a lot more than other teams, a little more than other teams? Really no way of knowing. And again, based on the Twins' needs and the teams that would be interested in Kepler, I feel like it's kind of a weird marriage to try find. Teams who have relievers who are they're willing to trade are probably not in the race, but then what do they want with an expiring Kepler or a Kepler with one more year, $10 million option that um, for all we know, the twins could decline. Now we know they, they like him. So maybe they would exercise it, try to trade him or keep him. But with that said, you know, if you need a reliever, let's say Brooks Raley from the Mets, well, what do the Mets want with Max Kepler? The nationals, if you want Kyle Finnegan, the Nationals don't want Max Kepler. They don't want him for Lane Thomas. They don't want him for Stone Garrett, Heimer Candelario. Maybe, maybe Heimer Candelario is a, a straight-up one-for-one. I don't know. Maybe then they think they can flip Kepler in the offseason after picking up his option. I'm not really sure. Um, beyond that, you know, if, if there is, uh, you know, a contending team that wants Max Kepler, and let's just say the Angels, because the Angels are kind of being goofy. I don't think they need Max Kepler, but humor me for a second. Can you get Joe Adele in that trade? Because I do that, but that doesn't that doesn't solve any of your issues. You still have to make other trades. Um, Baltimore doesn't want him. Tampa's not going to want him. Toronto's not going to want him. Maybe Boston. I really doubt it. And again, what are they trading that fills your needs in return for a trade that makes sense. Now, again, you could say, oh, they'll just dump Max Kepler. Well, they haven't done that yet. Why would they do that now? Again, maybe they could sell high because of the hot streak he's on. But I really don't think teams are looking at this and saying, oh, wow, he's a brand new player at 30 years old or 29 years old or whatever he is. So it's complicated. Is Kepler in that mix? Is he more likely to go than Larnick? More likely to go than Walner? Celestino? Even Kirilov. I don't think Kirilov's going to go anywhere, but I'm certain teams are asking. Just one American League player of the week. Of course teams are asking. So I'm including Kepler. I think you could justify him anywhere from first to fifth on the list, but I'm not sure. Let's wrap with this. In this day, 20 years ago, 21 years ago, actually, it was 2002. Twins were off in 2003 on July 28th. But in 2002, the Twins beat the Tigers 4-0 at the Metrodome. Johan Santana, who wasn't Johan Santana yet, combined with Eddie Gordado for a three-hit shutout. Torrey Hunter had three hits, including a homer and a double. And David Ortiz, the cursed name that it is, had a pair of hits as well. This put the Twins up 14 games in the Central, which they won that division by 13 and a half games. So just an, an incredible year. And if you were not old enough to remember it, man... Those were 
some great times. So to recap, the five twins I think are most likely to be on the move from the 40-man roster. Simeon Woods Richardson, Hilberto Celestino, Trevor Larnick, Matt Walner, and Max Kepler. Let me know in the comments who you think will be on the move from the 40-man, or go ahead and talk about the minor leagues. I'm not your dad. I'm not going to tell you what to do, and we'd love to have the conversation. Now, with that said, that's a wrap. It's been a great week for the Twins. It's been a great week. Well, I guess not that great of a week. It's been a great time for the Twins since the All-Star break. We can be a little more uh, broad there. But thanks for hanging out with us. Follow us at LockedOnTwins at Brandon underscore Warren. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Subscribe, like, and give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcasts or give us that thumbs up and subscribe on YouTube. Now, with that said, this is Brandon Warren signing off saying have a freaking weekend.